Broadcasting Network. One, two, one, two. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, welcome podcasters on our new series, our new year. Um, our new strategies. Our new strategies. Uh, we're doing two today, so we're going to kind of continue, continue on. Um, for this, remember we said there's a potential for this possibility of a higher consciousness. It's not it's not born with just a species species of being a human being. Remember that? It's the potential. You don't have to get this other. First part, in the first nature, is enough for you to live this life and do what you need to do. Um, cover all the basics of this life. So the second one, we said, is having a, a um, kind of a different education. Something different than just the usual. It's not just... Um, I can't think of that word. Um, First nature. Okay. um, Conventional, yeah. Not just conventional um, education. Now, one part of this, and the different levels of this, going through, is um, a different seeing. The eyes of first nature. um, We almost have to die to some of the early stuff and the way those eyes just see that coming from that same memory, coming from those same habits, same attitudes, a kind of new seeing emanates from a deeper, silent part of us. The struggle of unconscious impulses, out-of-date ideas, sentimental emotions, false images, threatens to overwhelm um, this second path to get started with. So, trying to trying to get to this um, 
silent part. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Trying to get to this sound, so we said a new or a kind of a different kind of seeing, and then I said to get to a silence. Well, now that's that's the beginning of of work to get to this thing called the silent part. Um, and one of the one of the beginning parts of that is understand, and we got we got this mostly from the Eastern tradition, traditions of Buddhism and that uh, group is that. It has to come from the respiratory system. <clears throat> we have to anchor in breathing. Breathings are anchor. Um, so we got to begin to sense and go to this anchor of breathing. So let me just um, do a short one. Uh, so if our podcasters could get into a Check your posture. Have a sense of a sense of awareness of your body. And diaphragmatic breathing is that when you breath, you feel it in your stomach, in the in breath, and on um, the out breath, that all relaxes. So diaphragmatic breathing. Versus sense. Take the in breath. You can feel it in the stomach, around the navel area. Going up to the chest, and then total relaxation of it, and that relaxes all the muscles. So there's two two aspects of it. One is the aspect of actually putting time aside to do. To do what we're calling meditation or sittings to start off with. <clears throat> so you want to take time out, literally move out of life for a moment into a special place in in my house somewhere or somewhere where I'm alone and won't be disturbed through phone or other people. <clears throat> and then um as you sit and begin to sense yourself, um, one thing, there's a, um, I don't know if I should start with this or not, but let me, it's called the counting backwards, um, where the in-breath will be the odd numbers and the out-breath will be the even numbers. So from 50, so we can breathe in. On the out-breath is 50. And then the next in-breath is 49. And then the out-breath the out is 48. And the in-breath then is 46. Seven. Seven. And the out-breath, what am I up to, 44? 45, 46. 46. And the in-breath is 45. Yeah. Good grace, help me with this, this old brain. Um, so you're going in and out, but always with the, with the in-breath being uh, 
with our odd numbers and out breath being uh, the even numbers. That's one that you have to practice. One after the other. Until you go all the way down to zero. So that one takes a little practice. I know myself now, I, I, uh, I haven't used it for a while. I used to use it. Um, I had trouble remembering the numbers. But for your younger minds... Do you do that for like a, a cent... Is that for a centering? Yeah. You're getting in touch with your body and um, getting in touch with the process of breathing. And you now have a more collective state. You're in a slightly different state. Okay, so now you've done that. Let's say that just to start the work. And you can do something more simple. Just You don't have to do the counting backwards. You can do it forwards. One, in-breath one, out-breath two. That might be easier to start with. Okay, now you have, you're now there. You went through that couple minutes or so have gone by and for the next hopefully 10, 12, 15 minutes um, you have a you have the watcher watching the thoughts that come by watching the body no no fidgeting really try to keep really still Eyes closed. There's different methods. Some people use eyes open. Uh, I use the eyes closed method. And um, you have like a sensation of your body now. And you have the anchor of an important part of the work of seeing. The body. That's your center of gravity. Now, as the thoughts come up, you notice them, but you don't identify with them. You go back to the sensation of the breath. Oh, yeah, let me add the the nose, feeling the ear going in the nose. Go back to that sensation. Now, if you begin to go off and fantasize, you begin to bring yourself back. Just bring yourself back to that air going in the nose and in touch with your breathing. You're not so much stopping the breath, the thoughts. It's just that you're not identified with them. So they'll bring, they could bring up all kinds of things, all kinds of feelings. And, and you have the feelings come, but you stay centered in your base camp. And so for the next 10 or 15 minutes, that's what you're doing. Now that's one form of it. That's when you actually take time out. The other one is you do it in as much as you can in the outside world. And you're driving. You don't do the counting. You don't distract yourself. But whatever person is driving and you're feeling, you go back to the breathing. One, you you don't even have to count you're staying in touch with your breathing you won't be able to do it long thoughts will come up things will divert you you begin to plan where you're going and so on 
But each time that happens, you always bring yourself back to the breath. And and then you'll make you realize that's the second part of your breathing practice. To do it in the outside world. And you'll begin to feel it. It'll become an anchor for you to go back to. A special silence in yourself. A sanctuary to go back to. In and out. Now the other one, I gave it a name. Let's see if I can even find it. Uh, I call it the three breath count. Did I? Yeah, I think I... The three breath count is to have a pause in our life. Anytime we're in a situation where we want to make just a little bit of a distance from it. Um, the, three brown, the three count breath pause is, let's say you're talking to somebody and you make a conscious pause in yourself. The person won't know you're doing it. So in the middle of my usual state of talking or doing something, I come back to myself in a special way just for three breaths. The three breath count. And that's a pause. It's a conscious pause. It's not mechanical. It's a conscious pause. You bring an awareness to that. That's a little of a circuit, circuit breaker. So all during the day, waiting in a coffee line, <coughs> Starbucks, so on, different places where, where patients might be needed, and you're beginning to rehearse things in your mind and so on, just think of my three-breath three count, a conscious pause. So I stop. And I take the slow three-breath count and I make a little space in what's happening. You can really feel how um, automatic mm. one is when you think about that. Yeah. All the times of our life, of all our day, always aware of determining the difference between mechanical life on an automatic pilot and coming to consciousness. And you go in and out of that. So there's two phases, at least at the start here. The phase of making special time and something called a sitting or meditation. And maybe I'm thinking maybe that 50 breath count might not be Good. Maybe you can just do a one, two, three. In-breath, one, out-breath, two. Let's save that for another time. If you can do it, do it. Um, so that's the special time, making a special place and con actually getting off of the automatic pilot, spending a little time there. That's a good way to begin your day. And the second thing is to do it as much as you can during the day. And the third thing is to add this three-breath count as a pause. 
It's a good pause. You come back to yourself. Okay, so um, special kinds of seeing. The seeing with the first eyes, it's a new kind of seeing. Um, That's beginning to realize that there's an essential self in this body that needs to be born. My ordinary eye, which I live out of, um, needs to be seen. I need to see what I'm doing with this ordinary eye. I, I need to begin to see how automatic it is, how it's full of uh, ideas about being right and so on. So almost like an observation post to watch the ordinary eye. And see how much of the time I'm in imagination. Ouch. Fantasy. And how to begin to come back using our anchor to a more um, collected state. So you're constantly going back and forth between those two. You know, I've had a pretty severe wake-up these last couple of months, and then um, and I look at what I do, and, and, you know, there's some delusion that runs in my family, you know, and I've definitely picked it up from, like, my father. Mm. You know, and I would think back on things he would say and, you know, or what he would do and... And, you know, that you still mimic things from your childhood with that first nature that you're not even cognizant of. You're not conscious of it. And then you wake up to it and you say, wow, Mm. look at that. Yeah. And you really see the tie. Yeah. Not that it's anybody's fault, but just to see it really can, can shake you up. It can really wake you up. Yeah. You know, another thing is sometimes I catch ourselves and asking the question, who is talking now? And it might be a voice of something or somewhere you heard. It might be my father's voice. It might be something my brother said all the time. Something in the world that we kind of we kind of adopted these voices. And then now we're calling them I. But they're literally voices that we've just mimic. And what would be a more truer voice? Sometimes you'll hear a voice in you that's more of who you are. And to see the difference of those two. So in and out of these states we go. But it's real. And, and if you belong to a community, the difference there is that you can be reminded. You can go to retreats and practices. And um, I know the community that I belong to, that there's a couple of... Um, I, I go for... A, special sitting one night a week and an ideas meeting another night and 
um, in the weekend or Sunday mostly of joining a community in a, in a group work. See, a community always reminds us. You could work to become more sensitive in a community. Um, you see what the other people are going through. You see ways they can help you. Um, and on that Sunday, there's a lunch, because we stay all day. And, and there's usually some thoughts at lunchtime about eating. And all day, we're a reminder. Of the, we have a theme in the morning that's given to us. Today, you'll watch for this. So I'll spend the rest of the day doing that and speaking about it at lunch. But the point is, a community is a place where you're reminded. You know, for those who want to use this show just as a beginning, um, uh, as a place to come back to and be reminded of what work work could be. We know that the isolated intellect can't grasp all these forms. That's not their job. <laughs> the isolated intellect can go so far and then it's limited. It just can go back to our external senses or automatic associations, words and images and memories and and it's all it has is that. It doesn't have something else. It doesn't have its own sanctuary to begin to work with this breath in this body. It doesn't have soul. Okay. You can say it that way. But um, why does it have so much power? Is that just by design or something? Or is that just because we grew up in the West? I mean, I don't know. Well, you can grow up anywhere and you'll have the habits and the, and, the, and the customs and the tradition of whatever it is. It was just, it was the use, it's a cultural thing. If you grew up in Africa, I mean, you know, some, you know, they would have their ways and their ways of doing things. Now, some cultures are more interested in consciousness. The Indian culture usually is. Um, Hindu culture. But um, no, they're just the, the rules, the regulations, the impressions that the family and the culture gave us. So, but that can act like a real status quo. In other words, we can't get beyond that. Yeah, that's all you identify it with. Right, and, that's, and the false self is the guardian of the status, gatekeeper. The gatekeeper <laughs> of the status quo. Mm -hmm. And will give you a lot of trouble if you try to get out of it. And speaking of trouble, Jim, let's get in trouble with uh, Amazon, huh? Okay. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla. And this is a plea, because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons' website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now, that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. 
Could your own personal romance score be a bit higher? It's never too late to improve your romance rating. Send your Valentine a giant, freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries starting at $19.99. That's over 40% savings. Go to berries.com, click on the mic, and type in lesson. Did you know you can order now and ship on Valentine's Day? Get your shopping done now. Pick your delivery date up for later and be done with it. Plus, radio listeners, you can double the berries for just 10 bucks. Save up to 40% right now. To access this special 1999 Sherry's Berries offer, call 1-866-FRUIT-02, or even better, visit berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in LESSON. you got to see these enormous berries for yourself, and I have at Adam's house, and believe me, worth it. Hey, and we really appreciate it, and thank you. Okay. I thought, okay. So it's a way to look at it. We have a gatekeeper, um, which we're calling a false self, and he guards over all those habits and memories and associations of mind and so on, and keeps the status quo. So that when we make an attempt for the second education, or attempt to see what we can do with... um, a higher consciousness, well, the gatekeeper is going to react. He's going to, I'm calling he, that part's going to give you trouble getting to the meditation pillow in the morning. It's going to, it's depression, it's moods. All these moods that we're going to have to work with, they're all going to come up now with this new possible birth or this new road we're going down. And they don't want to give up themselves. They don't, you know, they have their own eyes and their own little habits. They don't want to give them up. They don't want to die to that. And this new world kind of says we die. The work is to die to some of the old ways of being. So we're going to have trouble. And we talk about morning mind here. Morning mind's difficult. Uh, Getting up cold or something and... um, trying to wake up and realize we're facing things the day that might be hard or facing problems of pain in relationship or in money and economics and so on. So, the gatekeeper. To know that we're tr- something in us is trying to move beyond status quo and just uh, conventional life, a new education. So we need the practices and eventually we need the community. We need the psychotherapy. Um, That's always a good start to find to learn more about ourselves. It's not so much even having to go in just problematic, but even using it to learn more about ourselves, about our deeper self and loving people or loving people in the world that can um, join us and help us and that's where couples can can be of help to each other they could remind each other they're on this journey um, in fact to use the relationship and the hard parts of the relationship the status quo in both of us, 
meeting the gatekeeper in both of us. That's going to be hard to um, to to have uh, the practices and the discipline and to keep our word and that our we talked a lot about willpower in the first part of last year but um, develop something in ourselves that will um, keep up and we need this part we're calling base camp or an intermediate self. We can't just go from one to another. We need a bridge. You know, like you're climbing a mountain, so you meet at the base of the mountain and you form kind of a camp. And you check, do you have the proper clothes? Am I cold? What do I need? Do I have the water for the journey? So as I climb the mountain and run into all kinds of possible problems. Um, am I prepared for them? So we need this base camp uh, related uh, with practices and people, people that want to climb with us so they can help us as it gets colder and harder as we keep moving up. An intermediate self a bridge, an anchor, a base camp. And we're going to use particularly the breathing. Okay, so as we begin to getting close to leaving our third, I don't know, I don't know when they'll use this one, but... Uh, um, in preparation. Now, I don't think you can try to use this podcast as that, at least as a beginning. There won't be anything final, but something where you could feel some camaraderie with the journey that we all meet at the foot of this mountain today. And as we get ready for the climb, and maybe have to get through the midnights of the soul of coldness and being rejected by other people, being troubles at work and authority figures, all different kinds of things, family members. Uh, We can have some support for the climb. So podcasters, we invite you to join us at this foot of this mountain and to join us on this climb. So I will continue to build in this direction, continue to give out practices for those that want to try, and hope that this will motivate you to want to use that potential to get to this uh, essential self that can help us with this long climb uh, for the rest of our It needs to be for the rest of our life. I'm 80, and um, I'm still needing that same support and people and tradition and uh, and uh, community to help me on the climb. Okay, so we'll end it there. But thank you for listening. 
And uh, remember, let us know. Give us a call on our Twitter. Or <laughs> you can tweet us at LLWJC or find us on Facebook slash LLWJC. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you Reach can the show let us know you're out there. LLWJC or email us Maybe at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com. If you'd like to join this uh, meeting at the base of Hamilton. Yeah, let us know you're there. Okay, see you next time.